Reporting live from Bakersfield, California, it's In the Ring with Mike and Austin. Now, here are your hosts, Mike West and Austin Cooper. Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? Excited to have you. This is your host, Austin A.C. Cooper, here with my main man, Mike West. Mike, how are we doing tonight? Well, another night of technical difficulties. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we're ever going to be able to do this correctly, but uh, we'll, we'll give it our best shot. Yeah, and, that, and that's the most that people can ask of us these days. Um, Mike's uh, computer and equipment and Mike's went down a couple minutes before this. So grateful that he's actually still with us. Um, glad he's able to call in, but he'll, he'll connect with us a little bit later on with the clear mic. Um, so excited to have you on this week. A lot of great things happening. Um, we're excited to have you. This is in the ring with Mike and Austin. Um, your host, um, Austin AC Cooper. If you're looking to try that happened within the last week, give us a call. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to hear your opinions, your takes, um, any insight you might have um, on everything that happened this past week, and maybe some prediction on what's coming forward. So if you want to call in, the number is 646-668-2676. Again, that number is 646-668-2676. We're recording live from Bakersfield, California. A lot of exciting news that happened this week, Mike. Um, some big, Some big, big stories. Um, well, WWE has been in the UK this week. Um, some exciting things happening over there, huh, Mike? Yeah, uh, they, they kind of do this yearly trip over to London after WrestleMania. Uh, I believe usually it's a little bit earlier in uh, April, so it's, uh, it's in May this year. Uh, usually the, the crowd is, is super hot uh, anytime they go over to uh, the UK. Uh, and they did the... Uh, they go all over the place over there, and then they do the uh, SmackDown and Raw tapings at the O2 Arena. Um, so that's kind of kind of where we're at this week uh, with WWE. Yeah, and what a great arena! That O2 Arena, fantastic venue. I was able to travel there um, last year with my wife. A great trip, um, and and just happy for those those fans across the sea. I mean, WWE really has turned into a global brand. Um, and yeah, excited that they're over there in the UK, but Hey Mike, again, uh, and we keep every week we comment on this, but again, Rob posted the worst rating of, of 2017, um, this past week. I think that's the third week in a row that it, it's been, it's been a low. What, what's going on with it, Mike? Yeah. Another, another really rough week for Monday night raw, um, Obviously, we're gonna get, we're gonna delve into that shortly. Uh, they, they're 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 in some trouble on Monday Night Raw. Uh, this, the 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 cast of characters with the superstars uh, just are not that exciting. Uh, with no Brock Lesnar or uh, and, and now Braun Strowman, which we're gonna get into also, uh, they're gonna be having some issues going forward. Uh, they kind of went all in with Dean Ambrose this week. And he, he's kind of becoming known as the ratings killer. Uh, the general public or the fans are, are not really into the act. 
uh, as far as watching, you know, consistently uh, all the way through for three hours and 15 minutes. So they, they kind of uh, sandwiched him in as the bread uh, opening and closing the show on Monday. Uh, so I, I, you know, the rumors and chatter going around the internet right now is the, uh, Dean Ambrose is the reason why uh, Monday Night Raw is suffering right now. But my whole question is, what, where else do they turn? Um, Strowman, you know, unfortunate news for him this week. I mean, he's out four to six weeks. He's having surgery. Um, I mean, he's kind of been the story all year on Raw, and, and all of a sudden he, he's gone down out four to six weeks. And so, I mean, where else do they turn? Uh, what other well, superstars? I mean, you, you, you can- yeah, you could pay Brock Lesnar uh, his appearance fee and, and put him on every week. It's not in his normal contract, so you're going to have to pay him extra. But that's probably the only thing they could do at this point. Uh, or, or maybe I, move some of those uh, SmackDown superstars over to uh, Raw. But that's got to be a steep price. I, I don't know if you, I don't know offhand. I mean, what, what's Lesnar? I don't. I, I imagine it's, it's not something they want to do, and, and, and they're playing this whole. You know, injury out a little bit longer. Unfortunate, we're not seeing because really a champion should should defend that title every 30 days. Uh, interesting article this past week, kind of jumping forward some other of the big stories. And again, if if you want to chime in on any of these or anything tonight, again that number is six four six 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 eight two six seven six. But interesting article this week, Mike, uh, and and frankly not not just like a novelty article. Uh, there's actually some momentum behind this is some other news articles but gq ran a pretty extensive article this past week about um dwayne john dwayne the rock johnson for potentially running for president in uh in the next election i mean people seem to be over trump on rock for president yeah they uh a couple going back a couple years uh the rock was actually the first person to break the news that osama bin laden had been uh taken out by the u.s government surprisingly uh, he, he, he went, he announced that about an hour before the president did. Uh, if, if you go back and look at that, that, that is a true statement. The, the, the rock Dwayne Johnson broke that story. Uh, it, 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 it kind of like, like, it was, it was interesting back then. I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. i sorry to interrupt. I apologize. Is that a true take? Like you're, you're serious about, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson was the one who called, who called that whole travesty before an hour before Obama? Is that a, is that a true? Oh thing? yeah, yeah. No, that's hundred percent. Yeah, you know, any of our listeners or yourself can go look that up. The 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 Rock Dwayne Johnson broke that story. So when when that happened, I was like, man, why is the why is why is the Rock the first one to know this? So I don't, I don't know if there's a conspiracy or if he's kind of being groomed to uh, to go down that political avenue. Uh, but but it's definitely been there for for the past couple of years. Very very I don't know he. I, 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 I would say this is probably gonna this is probably gonna be happening. Yeah, I, kind of, kind of a wacky take, but um, I mean, who knows? Well, it's not a take. This... It's actual. No, it's not. No, it's no, not. It's no, not a I, take. I, I misspoke. He, he I misspoke. broke. He broke that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure I Brett Bradford's coming on a little bit later. Our our, our insider. Nobody in the world has better insight, better backstage knowledge of what's going on. I mean, he's there, blood, sweat, and tears. So we're happy to have Brett on a little bit later, and I'm sure he's got some take on the president. Um, it's very interesting. It, really a hot topic, not just amongst us uh, in the WWE family, but but really just national news. 
Um, but excited to have Brett, uh, our insider Bradford, on a little bit later. Um, and Mike, really, really excited about tonight. Um, you know, former WWE superstar Chris Masters is going to join us. Uh, pretty big, uh, pretty big name. We got the, we're going to talk Master Lock. We'll talk about those couple years. Um, so stick around. And if you have questions for for Chris Masters, give us a call. But uh, pretty big night talking with with Chris Masters tonight, Mike. How are you feeling about that? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm very excited. This guy is a WWE legend. Um, he many great memories in the past with Chris and the uh, Master Lock Challenge and uh, some of his uh, major feuds. So uh, really really excited to kind of dig into his initial WWE run tonight. We're going to be covering his uh, his debut through his release. So very excited for that. Uh, it, again, appreciate him. He's still currently wrestling in. You know, impact, and we'll hit on that a little bit later, but really excited to have him on. Let's jump into it, Mike. Just spent a few minutes uh, breaking down what happened in Raw this week. Uh, probably the biggest story, Ambrose. Uh, he mentioned this a little bit earlier, a lot of play with Ambrose uh, on Monday, but Ambrose and Miz named co general managers for the angle, kind of step back, Stephen McMahon. Um, but Finn Baylor comes through, Victor, uh, you know, defeats the Miz. Uh, and Ambrose going down too. Uh, what are your thoughts on this this fight tonight or on that night, Mike? Um, and them, Kurt, kind of passing the baton to Ambrose and, and the Miz that night to be co-general managers. Mike, you still with us? Awesome. Sorry about that. I think, uh, yeah, Mike, I think your computer's up and running. Yeah, I think we're good. Are we sounding a okay, little bit better? Perfect. Yeah, per- no, you sound way clear. So appreciate you awesome. actually jumping on that that's all taken care of. I'll just comment a little bit about what happened Monday night on Raw. Uh, you know, Kurt Angle appointing Ambrose and uh, The Miz is, is co-general. Right. Yeah, I got all that. Um, yeah, okay. So hit, hit me with it. What's kind of your take on this? Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Dean Ambrose character. Um, he, he's, he's become very stale. He's nothing like he was when he was with the Shield uh, during the first couple of years of, of his uh, main roster run. Uh, so anytime he comes out, I'm, I'm just like, oh, all right. A couple, couple minutes of him just kind of rambling, doing his thing. Um, I, I, I am a big fan of The Miz right now. I, I, I don't think he's, his talents are, are, are being presented properly on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so he, he, he kind of you know, ran that first segment. Um, just the the opening raw segments with with the talking in the ring it's just so stale uh it, it it's it's been done for we're going on 20 something years now where it's just the same thing over and over and over and over um and it leads into the matches for the night and i i'm ready for for a switch up for that for sure um as, as far as the matches themselves they were they were good uh, Finn Balor got a big, uh, big ovation from the crowd, obviously being in the uh, United Kingdom. And uh, the main event for the night was Ambrose and, and, uh, and Wyatt, which we've seen a ton of if you've been following for a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty just bleh. Yeah, and I, I don't think you're alone in that feeling. A lot of, I think there were a lot of fans, me, me included, just kind of, eh, yeah, the, the whole match. Um, so you're kind of disappointed with that. Um, we talked a little bit about Strowman earlier, Mike, but, uh, you know, Braun and Kalisto is no contender due to interference with, with Reigns. 
uh, and Roman Reigns gets his revenge. Uh, kind of interesting take, but uh, I don't know kind of what your insight on that was, or um, and again, maybe comment a little bit more on this what what, what Braun went down for. Yeah, it, it, this was kind of the way to write uh, Braun off of television while he goes and gets his uh, elbow surgery and uh, is going to be out for four to six weeks. Uh, Roman makes his triumphant return to Monday Night Raw, gets a little bit of revenge on Strowman for the uh, payback uh, beatdown that he got a couple weeks ago. Um, Kalisto involved also. He got the win in the dumpster match a couple weeks ago, but uh, got put in that dumpster and thrown off the stage. So he, he came out a little hot and, and bothered in the beginning of the uh, show. Uh, I, nothing's been solved between Strowman and Kalisto. They're, they're going to go back to this feud at some point. Uh, but as of now, Roman has the upper hand, and Strowman's going to be out for probably two months. Yeah, he really does. And I, I hope, you know, more than leaning on Ambrose, I really hope they, they, they lean a little bit more on Roman. Um, I, I think he... Yeah, you mentioned Ambrose has kind of been a ratings killer, and so yeah, maybe rely a little bit on him, and um, it, it, it maybe some others. I at first thought I kind of about, thought about Seth Rollins, but uh, Monday night didn't fare so well for him against Samoa Joe, Mike. It, it was good to see some continuation of that feud. Um, you know, Joe got got a little bit of action uh, last week and uh, sent out a tweet after the match telling him it's over when he says it's over. And then uh, this is a big win for Joe this week. He, he beat him clean in the ring. So there, it looks like we're going to get this at the uh, next pay-per-view. Uh, so it, it, it'll be good to continue this. Uh, Rollins is, is though, kind of treading water. Uh, he came in last year super hot, and he beat Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship clean in the middle of the ring. Had a ton of momentum. They took it off uh, like a minute or two later with uh, Dean Ambrose. And he, he's just kind of been, I don't know, it, it seems like he's stuck in, in second or third gear and he just can't, can't get going into fourth gear or, or to get, you know, really get him over with the crowd as a, as a baby face character and, and get the crowd reactions that, that, that they want him to get. Anything come to mind on what he should be doing? Cause I, I totally agree. Something's got to kick him up to that next gear. Um, do, do they have it in him? I feel like, doesn't have it in it right now to to really produce something like that. Yeah, you know he, he's he's kind of getting known to you know work his work his spots into every match. Uh, maybe a little less of that and a little more uh, unpredictability in, in his moveset. I mean, pretty he, you don't want to get into the routine where you're doing the same maneuvers in in the same order in every single match. Uh, I, I think if you looked at Kevin Kevin Owens' approach where he really just mixes it up throughout uh, the match every single time. Uh, it might work a little bit better to not, to not kind of put the crowd to sleep, so to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, a lot of raw ahead of us this year. I mean, uh, things can change quickly. Um, just a couple other thoughts on, on this night, Mike. Um, you know, Seamus out there, Cesaro, um, I mean, they really ran the gauntlet, and they defeated Enzo um, and Cass, Golden Truth. I mean, they, you know, Gallows and Anderson is a tag team turmoil, you know, match. Um, in big night for for Sheamus, big night for Sorrow. Um, it was kind of your take on this, Mike? Yeah, you know, the two European wrestlers going over in uh, in the UK, it, it's fitting. 
and and they and they weren't done with the uh, Cesaro Sheamus uh, Hardy feud. So it, it was it was definitely good to see them defeat those two goons Enzo and Cass, um, and then uh, you know Golden Truth and Gallows and Anderson. So it, it was good to kind of get get through those characters, focus on the main story of Cesaro Sheamus versus the Hardys. So uh, I, I'm excited for the rematch. I, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, interesting for sure. Um, Mike, maybe hit on a few other points. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to get uh, Chris Masters, former WWE superstar, um, on the line. Um, and uh, so, Mike, kind of give us some other thoughts, maybe some some closing thoughts on on Raw, um, and uh, we'll get we'll get Masters line in just a minute. Yeah, so we had uh, Alexa Bliss uh, defeating Mickey James in a non-title match. A little bit more of the uh, Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss kind of build that it seems that they're going to be going to. Uh, Nia's going to back her up currently while she uh, she awaits her match against Alexa. So it looks like they're, they have a little partnership going on, but I, it's not going to last long because they're going to get to that match. Um Unfortunately, we got another TJ Perkins versus Jack Gallagher match. Uh, I, you know my opinion on that guy. Uh, and, and this is like the fourth week in a row that we've, we've gotten this matchup on WWE programming. So it's, a, it's just a drag. I, I'm so tired of that program. Uh, and then uh, you had Alicia Fox losing to Sasha Banks. So we, we giving Chris a call? We're giving Chris a call live on the air. Okay. Hey, what's going on? Chris. Oh, uh, some technical difficulties uh, from our host. I apologize for that. You know, he, he he's uh, he he's figuring it out. Uh, anyways, we we uh, getting on Sasha Banks defeating uh, uh, Alicia Fox. You haven't seen Alicia Fox really on Monday Night Raw. Uh, not involved in the two two hundred five live Noam Dar Cedric Alexander drama in a while. Uh, Sasha made short work of her, so, uh, you know, nothing too exciting there. Overall, just a dreadful Monday Night Raw. Uh, These three-hour, 15-minute shows are just dragging on. They're exhausting. I'm tired of it. Yeah, and it's – I'm back, Mike. It's Austin. And it's it's really no wonder why ratings have been down the last, you know, three weeks. It seems, you know, all-time low again for for the year. so yeah, you know, lackluster, um, you know, Monday Night Raw, really disappointing. Um, let's kind of switch gears, Mike. Really, really excited um, to bring on our guest tonight. Mike, I don't know if you got some feedback coming in there, Mike, but uh, yeah, sorry about that. What was that? Yeah, I did a little bit of feedback coming through, but really excited to welcome on our guest tonight. We'll, we'll kind of edit that out. Um, but former WWE superstar, Chris Masters, really excited to have you here tonight, Chris. Um, how you been? Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, well, I was actually just listening to you guys make some good points on wrestling. Uh, uh, I haven't watched anything too much as of late, but, uh, you know, three hours and three hours and up uh, three hours, three hours and 15 minutes of wrestling weekly is just, uh, it's too much for anybody. I mean, I couldn't even imagine as a fan watching, uh, uh, what is it about six, five hours plus of wrestling every week. I mean, 
you know, it's just well watered down product at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, and, and hell, I mean, raids have been down and it's a really disappointment. Um, hey, appreciate you so much for coming on. Um, anybody want to chime in? Um, if anybody has any questions, feel free to call in tonight. Hey, uh, I don't know if you're trying to play some in the background, but maybe, uh, so anyway, you want to call in at 646-668-2676. So currently wrestling in Impact, um, you know, catch, you know, Chris Masters wrestling, Chris Adonis on Impact Wrestling. It's on Pop TV station. Um, Check it out every Thursday night at 8. You can follow him on Instagram or on Twitter. It's at Chris Adonis. Um, So give him a follow. But I've uh, been with Impact for a little while. Um, Chris, ha- how's it going? Um, you, you know, wrestling Chris Adonis, it, it seems like you're having a good run there right now. Uh, well, first of all, Christopher Adonis. I oh, think I got to clarify. I, think that just, I, that's, I, I just think that sounds better. You know, it does. I don't know. It does a better ring to it. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's been very interesting. You know, I mean, uh, you guys, uh, everybody listening knows what's kind of what the deal is. And the uh, whole product has kind of gone through, uh, you know, what you might call a reboot. Uh, And, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of excitement, but a lot of moving pieces and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to look forward to, I think, in terms of... uh, just having another alternative wrestling product, not to say that uh, TNA or Impact Wrestling wasn't before, but, uh, you know, it's just that it's been at a point for a while where it's, uh, you know, just reached plateaus and not gone above that certain point. And uh, you would hope at some point, you know, that uh, we can get there, you know what I mean? And that with Jeff's leadership and the uh, cast and crew he's putting together, uh, that uh, we can do something that captures the interest of some of these fans, like you're saying, that maybe don't want to tune in three hours uh, every week to Raw. But, you know, I don't know if the two correlate any any way whatsoever, but I know people are always looking for uh, – hardcore wrestling fans are looking for alternatives. They want something else to watch, you know. Right. Yeah, so do, do, you, do you see uh, Impact as going kind of – because in the past, they kind of lean towards as like WWE light, I would say. Uh, do you see them kind of going more towards, you know, a Ring of Honor and, and probably not New Japan style, but but maybe along those lines a little more, at least leaning that way? Well, I think one thing they're going to do that I can say uh, with absolute certainty is really tap into not just the U.S., but, uh, you know, international markets that uh, – uh, WWE and other wrestling promotions haven't necessarily, necessarily been able. They've gone there, but they're not able. You know, they're uh, you know they they're constantly traveling, going worldwide. And I know that uh, with Impact going forward, I mean, a lot of our focus is going to be put into the UK, which is really a, a hotbed for wrestling. Although it, you know, I think it's reached a point where it might be. Uh, getting saturated, but they don't have, you know, at the same time, they, they, you know, impact is already, uh, always, they've been able to always watch it there. And so there's a place for a television product, but in terms of actual promotions in the UK, there's about a million now. And, uh, you know, and also also India, you know, which we're going to be going to at the end of the month 
to shoot our tapings. So we're going to be doing that nice. in India, which is, uh, you know, kind of uh, n- nothing out of the ordinary for me. I mean, I'd gone to, there to shoot Rinka King just a few years ago, too. So, you know, it's a fun environment. It'll be cool. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, the popularity is growing so much across the, the world, um, especially in India. I, I've noticed that so much more with, with people who are tuning in and following us. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like it's headed that way. Um, let's kind of jump back a little bit into your career. I mean, you really, I mean, 2005, you really broke onto the scene. Um, there was that match with Stevie Richards. I mean, you broke his nose. Um so walk me through that. Like how how did you get in? Uh, who are you training with? And um, I mean, how was it that first time? Get on the five, being on the stage, and uh, you know, fighting Stevie Richards. Uh, well, you know, it's probably a cliche story now for most most wrestlers, although not all. But I mean, I, I you know, I just loved it since I was a kid, and it just translated to uh, one day, uh, you know, when I was young, thirteen maybe 14 and just I just thought to myself what is it that I love you know what do I want to do with my life then in turn what do I love or what do I have a passion for and all everything pointed to wrestling so you know I pursued it started training in UPW in California uh and then um I started training initially when I was 16 but got injured within like one month fractured my ankle so I took a couple of years off. I came back in really good shape, and then it was off to the races. About I was in UPW for about a year or so, and then they uh, shipped me off to uh, Louisville to train in OVW with under uh, at first Rip Rogers, and then uh, eventually Lance Storm and Bill Demont. And that was my college kind of really is what it was. It was uh, you know because I, I was 19 years old. I, I was 18 when I was signed. I believe I was. Uh, you know, 19 when I was in OVW, and then I started on the road full-time at 20 with WWE. And then to fast-forward to the debut match, um, you know, it was what made it, I mean, obviously it was the most special day of your life when it's, uh, you know, I'm sure any fan can kind of imagine what it'd be like to come out to, you know, your theme music and your character and, every, you know, everything you've always kind of wondered or envisioned, what would you be? And but you know, but for unfortunately for me, um, and I've told this story before, is I actually had a turkey wrap at a gas station the day before. <laughs> and I would advise nobody nobody ever when you're on the road to get anything like that. Yeah. So I mean you can imagine so it's then this was Sunday and then Monday rolls around and I tried to eat breakfast and I could could only have like maybe one bite of food, two bites of food and I knew something was wrong, and I ended up getting, you know, I ultimately I ended up getting food poisoning, like, but the worst possible food oh poisoning ever. Yeah, and then, you know, and then I, I think everybody kind of knows how the story goes. I mean, I was pretty much um, destroyed backstage all day. I mean, literally just no energy, couldn't couldn't even hold down a sip of water. And then uh, um, fast-forwarding to the match, uh, as everybody knows, yeah, I broke Stevie's nose his eye bones. So, I mean, it, it really couldn't have gotten been any worse, you know, <laughs> you know, to have, I mean, cause honestly that might've been the sickest I've ever been in my life too. You know what I mean? Like when you get, when you get bad food poisoning, it's that was terrible. Just it's, it's, yeah, it's debilitating. It just zaps the life from you. I mean, 
you know, I, I've actually seen Harry Smith get it. Well, like speaking of India, the last time we were, uh, or not the last time I was there, but the one time I was there for Rinky King, and I remember he didn't even have the energy to pick up the phone to call the hospital. That's how bad he was. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it all sucked. And then, you know, breaking Stevie's face, of course, sucked too, man, because he was real upset about it. And I was so green, you know, and I, I was nothing but apologetic. And I, of course, felt horrible. But, uh, and but, I still apologize that, to, to him to this day. Right. But, but after that, like, things really took off for you. Um, I mean, your your career really got going. Well, the the Master well, Life Challenge well, was kind of, I, that's kind of what set you apart. Um, I, I mean, who, like, whose idea was that? I mean, were you just impressing them in practice? Or, I mean, how'd you get into that? Into the Master Lock Challenge? The Master Lock Challenge. Like, was that your idea? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say the full Nelson was my idea because uh, I know at that time people, it was such a basic finish that, you know, even I questioned it. But when I, when I was entering WWE, specifically when I was debuting, they were trying to retrain the audience and make – things like holds and stuff count because they had pushed the envelope so far in terms of high risk stunts and, you know, just all out craziness. And I think there were a lot of injuries was the thing too, is a lot of guys were getting hurt. So uh, they were trying to bring, you know, the idea was to bring me with, with a strong finishing move, but it wasn't necessarily a hold, you know, we didn't know what it was yet. We were playing with different things and, um, it was either Arn or Hunter that came up with the idea eventually of the full Nelson of bringing that back. And then, uh, you know, and then through that, you know, I was already the masterpiece, Chris Masters. Then that became the master lock. And then we're like, okay, then uh, the next step is the master lock challenge to, you know, hold like that. You got to build it. Right. And, right. You know, it was a better it was a better way to build it than just putting me out and and having me do squash matches every week. You know, which I don't think they were even doing at that time really. Not on Raw. No, they not at all. They do it now because the three hours they <laughs> they do them now, right? They do do at least a couple on Raw now. Yeah, uh, like, they they were for show. a little bit after uh, after Mania last year, but they kind of and it was it was good. It was refreshing to kind of see it finally kind of return to wrestling, but then they got away from it a couple weeks later. It's weird because you don't necessarily like a squash match, but at the same time, it's like you do, there's something about it, or uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a squash match, but you know, when you're just trying to build, there's something about building a guy and having him uh, out there look powerful, I guess it's good. I mean, it's not entertaining matches for us, but it does help you, I guess, buy into a character eventually, you know, you see it enough. You, you know, if you have a new character on television and you're going to do that for a couple of weeks, it, it, it's great to get the move set familiar with the audience and, and you know, kind of introduce, introduce this, this new wrestler. Uh, so I'm a big fan of squash matches. But uh, go, going back to, um, you, you were using the Polish hammer uh, before, correct? Yeah, you know, um, and it's probably still a good move. I, I used it... Um while I was on the road with WWE uh, before I had even debuted, I used it. And I remember I, I just had used it one night. I forgot who I was working and the person had taken a, a really great bump for it. So it just looked, it looked really good. So, uh, you know, we would keep 
basically we were going to keep it in my offense, but then after I broke Stevie's nose, I just, and then I also, it, it wasn't just that, but also the fact was is that if you didn't have somebody who could necessarily bump for it with the right velocity, then, uh, you know, it just didn't have the same uh, impact. So it was like, you know, I had so little power over kind of how it looked. And then, you know, I, again, breaking Stevie's face also didn't believe, uh, <laughs> you know, it just it kind of turned me off from the thing altogether. It's like I need somebody who can bump good, and I've already, you know, hurt somebody. Although uh, I will say probably that that was the only – in my debut match on Raw was the only time in my career that I've ever injured anybody. So, uh, you know, I'm – Glad at least I don't have. Despite that happening, I don't have that reputation. reputation. Yeah. Um, so so you know the the Master Lock Challenge was 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 huge for you in 2005. That that really kind of you know gave you your own identity. Kind of you know got people watching your 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 you know five minute segment or ten minute segment at sometimes. Uh, what what was your favorite Master Lock Challenge during that 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 initial first year? Oh, a lot of them were real cool, you know, like working with uh, some legends, you know, like Slaughter and Sergeant Slaughter and all that. But I, I'd have to say the Shawn Michaels one because uh, a couple of reasons, you know, for, always I, I defer to the fact that it was Shawn and Shawn is probably, uh, well, uh, I, I wouldn't even say probably, he's in my mind the best in-ring performer we've ever seen, right? And so... uh you know, they built the master lock forever and made it look real strong. And then finally it uh, came down to uh, my first program who was with Sean. And then eventually we did a raw where the main event on raw was a master lock challenge, which, you know, is kind of amazing in itself. If yeah. you think about it, like, you know, that a mass, a full Nelson challenge was the main event of raw. It's just, and it, it, the segment turned out, um, real well, you know what I mean? Like, I had to hold on to him forever. I mean, if you ever look back at the video, you'll see my uh, arms are, like, turning purple from having <laughs> to uh, clash. You know, clinch. I mean, he's not the biggest guy or anything, obviously, but, uh, you know, when you got to hold on to somebody who's fighting for, it was must have been at least three minutes or so, it was, uh, it was challenging. But uh, at the same time, you know, dream come true, man. I was so excited to uh, work him and, you know, go into that program and work the pay-per-view match. I mean, I could yeah. have asked for anything better. You know, I don't even know if a world title would be better than that, you know. To to this day, is that is that still your favorite moment in your career, getting to work with Sean uh, during that summer? I, I just like to say I feel lucky that I got to work a lot of the guys I did before they retired, you know, because, uh, you know, there's uh, – you know, when I when I got there, I mean, there were times where I was out there with Sean and Flair and Hunter and, you know, even Carlito. And you just look around and you see all these different generations, you know, like Hunter and Sean looked up to Flair, right? And, you know, I in turn looked up to uh, Sean and, you know, I even, and, and I, I loved Flair, you know, as a kid and all throughout watching wrestling. So, you know, it just... Which is always amazing to me, uh, you know, Sean specifically, yeah, because he was kind of my muse or the guy who really got me to um, really pursue this in the end. You know, watching his uh, story was very was so inspirational the, and his rise to the top. Um, uh, what so, year, you know, what, all that sorry, what, year, was, what year did you did you get into wrestling when you were younger? 
Well, I started watching in 88, and then okay. I stopped watching in 1993. You know, I went through my little phase where you know, I think everybody kind of goes through this little phase maybe where you stop watching and then, you know, either you pick it back up or you don't, you know, and those are the people who are like, oh, I used to watch wrestling 20 years ago, and then the people who pick it back up are usually lifers or even worse, they decide to get into it, which is me being the latter, obviously. Um, yeah, I was just flipping through TV and I saw, I, I remember I stopped watching 93 and then I slipped into TV in 95 and they uh, really hooked me in with the whole concussion angle. And, you know, then Sean and Brett went, went on to uh, work the Ironman match, which was just, so amazing to watch. I mean, I was, I was just after all that, I was sold. I was just, I was right back into it, man. I was like, wow, you know. So, so, yeah, that's so that, that, yeah, that, that. Sorry, Austin. So, uh, you want to get into the the WWE Championship coming out of that feud? Uh, you know, real, really, that that Shawn Michaels feud definitely got you kind of in that main event level scene. Uh, how was it working with uh, Cena and uh, Angle on Raw that night? Uh, oh, well, I mean, it was always, you know, Cena was so over, so working him was always kind of such a cakewalk. And then Kurt Angle was just uh, just something else, man. The guy is a absolute machine. He's what I classify as a mutant, you know what I mean, just in terms of watching him as a pure athlete and the intensity he brings and all that. So, uh, you know, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me on that. Um, yeah, no yeah, it was it was real special, man. I don't know, you know, because yeah, like you even got to throw Kurt into that class because I mean, um, the work he was doing at that point in his career was just freaking amazing, man. I mean, you know, he was turning himself babyface just through what he was doing in the ring. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I, going out of that, you you went into the. Uh... Elimination Chamber, which was, uh, I believe, your only WWE Championship uh, opportunity on pay-per-view. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that was on my. Uh, that was yeah, that was a start, a start a star-studded uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, it, it was actually a really fun match. If anyone wants to go back and look at that, that's the Elimination. Uh, or I'm sorry, it was a New Year's uh, Resolution or Revolution. I forget the name. Back in uh, '06. A uh, really fun match yep. uh, with Cena, Angle, Michaels, uh, Carlito, Masters, and who was the sixth individual in that match? Uh, Kane, I believe. Kane, that's right. Very Kane. Yeah. So, uh, how how was it working? Uh, you know, in 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 the WWE Championship main event of a pay per view. Uh, it was cool, man. It was my twenty second birthday, and uh, I re- I just remember that I flew in on a red eye, so I didn't get any sleep. That day and I, I remember uh, I'd never been in a match like that, so I just was so curious as to like, what is this gonna be like? You know, uh, you know what's gonna feel like? You know, it's just you know, just everything. You know what I mean? Just because it's so untraditional that elimination chamber match. But uh, yeah, I'm proud of the way it came off. I thought it told a good story, and you know that little surprise at the end with Edge coming out cashing in the money right. in the bank. We didn't. They they never none of us knew anything about that. I I just remember, remember Carlito kept telling me, you know, he was smarter to the business, obviously being second generation than me at that point, and he kept questioning like, uh, 
the finish of the match. He's like, he's, he just kept saying it. It was a weird finish. He's like, it didn't add up to him. And then uh, little did we know we heard Edge's music after the uh, whole thing. And then uh, it all made sense. Yeah, so that kind of took you for a turn there. Uh, that, kind of interesting about uh, Carlito. I mean, after this match, you know, at the Elimination Chamber, I mean, you tag team with Carlito. It's funny, uh, you you have no recollection of this, uh, but Mike and I actually, uh, we had a booth next to you at, at a show out in, in California probably a year or so ago. When was it, Mike? Uh, but you were there with Carlito the whole day. You guys were totally cool. Um like like the perfect um you know superstar to everybody who was there but um anyways kind of backtracking i mean tag team with carlito after this um and you guys seem to really hit it off like it seemed like a really good fit for you yeah he's just he's got a uh you know he's got a witty personality and you know we were just like uh I, you know, when we still would get make uh, great TV, you know, we we always tell when we talk about it now because I see him a lot all over the Indies and all you know all over the world pretty much still. And uh, you know, we always he did, I remember around that time he didn't want to turn babyface was one thing, and then the other thing was is uh, you know we were kind of working well together as a team in terms of uh, you know he was able to get a lot out of me, and it just made for good material backstage where. You know, we were able to have some funny pre-tapes and whatnot. So, uh, you know, yeah, it, it was cool. It, and we, we had a good run. It would have been nice if uh, it was a little longer before the breakup. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I don't write it. Yeah. Hey, after that, I mean, kind of kind of left turn um, with, uh, yeah, you left WWE for a few months, um, kind of dealt with some, some painkiller addiction, um, give us some insight on that. Like, what were you going through? Like, kind of what brought you through that, um, that whole time for you? Uh, well, you know, I'd never, I'd never understood addiction or battled addiction before. So, I mean, it was, uh, that was just a tough point, man. You know, I just had really gone caught up into that and it became a big problem. I know everybody was so quick to shout, oh, PEDs or steroids, steroids or anything like yeah. that, but it, it yeah, but I was like, no, I'm not going. I think it was the rehab for steroids. You know what I mean? It's like a, my problem was uh, prescription pills. Uh, but you know, you, as you see in today's day and age, I mean, it's uh, it's a huge problem in the United States. I mean, just in general, uh, opiate addiction, and uh, so um, yeah, and I fell victim to that, man. That was something I had to battle for a while. I went to uh, rehab because WWE asked me to, and. You know, I still didn't believe it, that I had a problem, you know, so it didn't necessarily end well still, you know, after you guys know basically how the story goes, I came back and you know, I eventually got released for failing a test. So, uh, you know, I, I had some growing up to do. I mean, you know, too much had happened for me too quick and almost exactly the way I planned it where I, I think I didn't respect it. You know, especially in your early 20s, you know, when you're that age, when you go from making no money to making, uh, you know, well over six figures and you're 21 years old, it's just, it's kind of hard, you know? Yeah. It's kind of hard. You just, you kind of lo- you lose your way and you get caught up in that. So then some, not everybody does, obviously. There's a lot of guys who, uh, you know, had the right people around them, the right support system. But, uh, 
Yep. The the rehab they went me th- they sent me to though was a, a great place and I learned a lot there. It was like a holistic style rehab, so uh, it was very out of the norm. So so when you, when you made your return after that, you you worked with uh, Super Crazy and uh, Jerry Lawler uh, among some of the names. Uh, do do you feel that they moved you down the card to kind of you know I don't know I don't know after after your return? Oh yeah, you, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, what, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, I just, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, um, you know, you're just, you're pushed to the, not necessarily the back of the line, but you're pushed back uh, in, you know, in one of those things. And it's almost like a probation period if, uh, you know, if they, if they haven't already completely lost faith in you already, right? Like, so, you know, when I came back, I'm sure a lot of it was about, you know, well, can we invest in this kid? Is he going to stay, keep himself right? It's like there's still so a lot of questions uh, when somebody goes through an experience like that, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I guess it was tough on me, but I don't know. It's hard to say, man. It feels like it was such a lifetime ago, you know, and I just had so many, uh, just so many kind of different problems, you know, still battling that uh that addiction and then you know while still coming back to wwe and not getting the uh the push and all that you it, it was a lot the process you know it was a rude awakening so to speak yeah and i mean you're still so young at this point so ultimately do you think that led because because eventually i mean bobby lashley officially wins the master challenge like it was like it was a legit win or or was it i mean that's that's kind of how it came out to us but uh, you know, kind of, I mean, the cards are kind of falling at this point um, for you, but, but ultimately uh, that Bobby Lashley uh, match lot challenge, like, hey, give us some insight on like, did, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I don't know. People ask me about it all the time, but I don't know. I mean, my question always is, uh, well, I have a couple of questions. I mean, like, you know, what, what would be the alternative to leave it? unbroken forever i mean i uh, like I, I honestly wonder myself like realistically could that be done and then also the second thing i was brought up is if it wasn't gonna be bobby then who was it gonna be because you know batiste didn't need it um cena didn't need it nobody needed it at that point and if you remember kind of uh that's when uh coincidentally you know, Donald was going, or uh, Bobby was going into that main event with Donald Trump and Vince, and it was a huge angle. And you know, I just kind of looked at it like, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, they needed to. Uh, it, it was one of the things that helped give uh, Bobby, you know, that last little push or that shot in the ass, for lack of a better term, <laughs> going into uh, going into uh, WrestleMania. But uh, you know, I mean, that's what it just comes down to. I mean, I mean. You know, who would you never have it broken? And then if not Bobby, who? You know what I mean? There, there was a point where I thought when Bobby left wrestling that it might have been a waste. But to see Bobby still wrestling and uh, doing well and impact and stuff doesn't make me think that. You know, because he's still yeah. uh, in this business doing his thing. You know, so I would lie if I, I would say that there wasn't a point there where I was like, you know, this guy's not in wrestling anymore, and he he broke it. You know that that would be a waste to me if it was just for that one angle. Yeah, I I think I think maybe it, you know you 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 build up a lot of equity with that with that little thing, 
and, and I, maybe it's more on Bobby Lashley. Uh, maybe the you know the the fans not not thinking he was he was the one to to be the one to break it. Maybe he wasn't because he he was he was very very green, very uh, you know still on his way up at that point. Well, they they were doing what they do with a lot of guys is uh, sometimes uh, you know they sometimes they force guys down people's throats a little bit. I mean, they even did it with me, I think, a little. But, uh, you know, a lot of times they're usually, not always, but usually uh, usually they're good predictors on uh, guys who they think are, you know, like, okay, let's put the machine behind this guy and, uh, you know, let's run with him and see what he does with it, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think with Bobby, you know, it's probably just a thing where, same thing, you know, he's just a big, huge guy and he's just getting uh, – kind of push down people's throats and they're not sure how much they like them yet. But, uh, you know, WWE or somebody there, Vince Hunter, uh, saw the potential. I mean, and there's no denying who, I mean, when you, Bobby's a freaking, he's a, another guy who falls into that mutant class, man. He's just, uh, you know, it's not just that he's really a great wrestler. It's just that he's a freaking athletic specimen you know what i mean he's like one of these guys that we have in our business that you know would be one of the greatest athletes in the world along with like shelton benjamin and you know a few other guys gotcha and so so moving forward uh you get moved over to smackdown in the middle of the summer uh which leads to a suspension uh of the wellness policy later on uh you return only for you know a week or so and then you you were injured uh, a couple of days after that, WWE suspends you again, and then mm-hmm. the, the release comes from WWE. Uh, well, what kind of, you know, you, you got moved over to SmackDown, which, which I, I don't know, it seemed like a demotion to me um, at the time. Just well, it was that, that was that. Well, I'll tell you what that was. That was actually that was strictly I, from at that point. I think to split up Randy and me because Randy and me on the same show traveling together. I think they just knew that it was uh, bad news. So, uh, you know, basically <laughs> they sent me over to Smack- SmackDown and, you know, we understood uh, why. You know, it wasn't like, you know, some big shock or anything like that. And uh, what was your what was your question? Yeah, um, so, 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 so you, you, yeah, you got a suspension for 30 days in, uh, I think it was September or October that year. You, you came back and uh, you were injured. Uh, pretty quickly within. Oh yeah, that was a mess. That that whole time frame was a mess. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, like I, I alluded to earlier, you know what I mean? Uh, like just because I had gone to rehab, that didn't necessarily mean that I had uh, conquered all my demons. So you know that. But I mean, in that same kind of time frame, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a mess either or anything like that. At that point, I was performing well and everything. But uh. Yeah, I did. I got injured in um, Nottingham, England, I believe. Uh, uh, just going over the top rope, I, my elbow basically hyperextended and uh, popped out and was like up in my tricep area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, then, then I got shit back. You know, they popped it back in place, shipped me back home. Then I uh, got home I and then I got notified that I had failed the test. But uh, at that point, I was just going to be suspended, actually. I wasn't going to be terminated. But uh, I think Vince was under a lot of heat. Um, I don't know if it was the Bob Costas interview or there was something that happened the next day that ultimately led to them uh, changing their minds and uh, to my release for the first, yeah, that was uh, my first release. 
So the, do you think things kind of t- tightened down that year? I know there was, the, uh, you know, the previous year with the uh, Sports Illustrated, um, you know, steroid scandal or kind of which led to the wellness policy. Uh, but but did the did the uh, Benoit incident over that summer in 2007 kind of kind of tighten things down uh, during the rest of that year and going forward? Oh well, I mean it started with Eddie, but then when Chris the Chris incident happened, it it, it obviously even got more strict because we were more under the microscope. And at this point, obviously the company had been public already for years, so. Uh, you know, it was just like the last thing that they wanted was this kind of uh, horrible negative attention. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I know, again, a lot of people say a lot of things about the anabolics and the performance enhancers and all that. And But uh, what I'll say is I think, I mean, regardless of all that stuff, um, WWE did a great job of eliminating what was a huge problem for and what took the lives of most of the wrestlers over the last few decades, which is, uh, you know, the muscle relaxers and the opiates. I mean, you know, if the, if there's nothing else that policy did is it at least got rid of, uh, or, you know, got everybody for the most, from what I saw clean, you know what I mean? Like by the time I left there, there was nobody, uh, no pill heads. There was not nobody doing that anymore. And, uh, you know, I don't ever, you know, I don't think steroids on top of uh, muscle relaxers or painkillers is necessarily a good thing. But, you know, I, I definitely think that the biggest issue wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't anything more, wasn't the steroids or anything like that as much as it was, you know, those pills and drinking. You know what I mean? I mean, just read read the uh, autopsies time and time again. I mean, you'll get usually the same result, you know. It's usually a combination of drugs that just was mixed and that's a deadly cocktail or alcohol, you know, which is unfortunate, you know, but it always, it always, it always makes me thankful for the fact that I, you know, I was able to at least see, you know, finally uh, look myself in the mirror and realize that, you know, I was, wasn't following the right path, man. So, and I didn't want to end up like that. Yeah, so so here we are, ten to ten to twelve years later. Uh, how, how do you how do you look back on that time? I mean, uh, you know that that was your first big break, and you were super 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 young. Uh, most most wrestlers don't make it uh, to the main roster until their thirties, uh, kind of when they're in their prime from thirty to thirty five. Uh, so you were super young for this, and, and you know. Looking back, were, were were you satisfied? Are you happy with with that first initial run with WWE? Oh, I mean, it's happiness mixed with, you know, I I don't know when you're obviously now being, you know, over 15 years in the business, it's so easy to look back at your first couple of years and think of like, oh wow, how amazing would it be if I got to work this guy now knowing what I know now and, you know, understanding pro wrestling and whatnot. But, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's been, it's just been, it's been a wild ride, man. I mean, uh, really just life, you know, a decade kind of just went by like that, you know, when you're traveling and you're in and out of cities constantly. And, um, 
But you know, it's it just it's one of those things too where there's uh, the wrestling business is so much more than just what happens inside that ring. It's its own world, you know, and it's its own. It's got its own language. It's got its own, you know, etiquette. Yeah. It's got its own everything. And uh, yeah, you know, those are the things uh, you have to learn. You know, like I, I mean, looking back, it would have been nice to not necessarily been thrown into. Uh, the main event at such a young age and maybe had a little more maturity and years under my belt. But, you know, that was always my goal. My goal was always to get in as young as possible. I guess I always knew in the back of my mind, I'd probably mess it up somehow and need, need to, uh, you know, you know, come back better than ever or, or some kind of scenario like that. And, uh, right, right. you know, it's pretty much, it's pretty much exactly, it's exactly what I did. It's exactly what I wanted. You know what I mean? I yeah. was already hey. traveling on the road at 20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's amazing. The fact that you did it was so young is amazing. Um, Chris, we appreciate you so much coming on. Like I'm kind of feeling bad. We kept you way longer than, than expected, but you've been so gracious. Like thanks for hanging out for so long. Um, we'd love to have you back on because we'd actually like to get in at some point. We'll get into what Christopher Adonis is doing currently on, on Impact Wrestling. Um, but again, thank you so much uh, for, for being our guest tonight. Um, it, you want to check him out? He's on every Thursday night, uh, Impact Wrestling. Check it out. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Chris Adonis. If you want to follow him on Instagram, it, it's Chris Masters 310 um, Again, Chris, dude, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. It was fun. Hey, th- thanks a lot, guys. Uh, yeah. It was fun uh, talking about the last 15 years with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best of luck, and we'd love to have you on again. Um, talk about current stuff. We, we kept you away too long tonight. You've been so nice. Appreciate it, man. All right, have good night. Take care, guys. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. Yeah, I, what a good dude. I I thought he was so great. Um, appreciate him spending so much time with us. Kind of a did interesting story with him, Mike. Uh, just kind of kind of up and down for him, but glad he's still at it. Yeah, you know we meet. Uh, you know I've met I've met Chris a couple times. Uh, just doing some various uh, wrestling events in the past. Right, right. Always right. really always a really cool, chill dude. Um, so I'm I'm happy we we're able to get him on the show. Yeah, he he was great and. Again, I mean, check them out uh, every Thursday night, Impact Wrestling, 8 o'clock. Uh, I think the channel is T- uh, Pop TV. Or follow them on Twitter. It's at Chris Adonis. Or follow them on Instagram. It's ChrisMasters310. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome catching up with them. Uh, really exciting. Um, so thank you so much. Let's jump into SmackDown. Let's kind of switch gears up here a little bit, Mike. Um, and let's get into this, uh, probably the big match of the night. Um, let's talk about Jinder and Corbin and Kevin Owens. I mean, big win for them that night. Yeah, this, this is exactly what Jinder needed. He needed a, uh, a uh, in-the-ring moment against Randy Orton in a match, which he got. Uh, he gets the pinfall with a little help from the Singh brothers. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the, this storyline is going forward. It's going to – it's kind of teetering on maybe gender could pull this off at backlash in Chicago on the 21st. I mean, they're definitely positioning for that. Uh, I, yeah. It seems like the path set for him. So yeah. Excited for that match coming up. Uh, some other big things that happened that night, a little confrontation between Ziggler and Nakamura, Mike, 
Um, yeah, kind of a little contentious moment there. Yeah, it, it, you know, they, they keep doing these little interactions between the two. It, it's, it's, Ziggler came across very poorly a couple of weeks ago with the uh, Michael Jackson references and just, just it's, it smells very uh, inorganic, kind of corporate. Uh, so this week was a little bit better. Uh, if you watch Talking Smack afterwards, uh, Ziggler was awesome on there. Uh, and, and he kind of went a little more into it. Um, I, I really wish they would take the uh, Talking Smack approach with the wrestlers, kind of giving them a, some free reign on the microphone on the main show because it's refreshing it's entertaining. It's good to finally get uh, a little more in-depth with these characters. Um, you don't always get it on WWE programming due to, you know, time constraints or, uh, you know, upper management having their hands in everything. But uh, it, it, I wish that the, the program would go there. SmackDown's kind of leaning towards that. So uh, I'm excited for SmackDown's future. Uh, as far as uh, Nakamura and, and Ziggler's, you know, the, the meat of the subject, uh, Nakamura is a star got a star reaction in the UK he gets a star reaction in the United States he's doing the dark match closes on uh, Smackdown 205 live taping nights uh, Nakamura is he, he is he's major major star uh, lo- look for him to face Cena either at SummerSlam or Wrestlemania that, that's kind of how things are lining up um, it's it's going to be a fun year for Nakamura. Yeah, it, it seems that way for him. Can't be more excited about that Cena fight. Um, hoping it happens sooner rather than later. Um, that'll be, I mean, that may be in contention for, for match of the year, uh, potentially. So I'm uh, really excited about that. Um, a little bit of backstory, uh, Mojo Rally kind of got into it today about, or sorry, excuse me, Tuesday night about Andre the Giant, that story is with the kids. Um, I, I didn't have time to grab audio on that, Mike, but kind of an interesting take from Mojo, um, you know, that whole story with Andre. Uh, thank you. Thank you for not grabbing that audio. That, that was the weirdest, one of, one of the weirdest things I've seen in a couple of years. Um, what was going on in that segment? He's, he, He's like giving a, a tour to some kids and and then he's talking about Andre the Giant, kind of like powwow style, and then uh one one of the kids kicks him and it looks like Mojo's gonna beat the kid's ass and it, it was just a very weird, weird thing. Uh if you haven't checked that out, look up the Mojo Raleigh Andre the Giant scene from uh, SmackDown this week. It's 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 bizarre. Yeah, and I apologize we didn't have the audio for that. Um, shortly after the show, we'll we'll get that out on the Instagram page. Again, follow us there. Tell your friends to follow us. Uh, it's at it's at In the Ring Podcast. Follow us on Twitter uh, at In the Ring Pod. And again, if you want to chime in um, tonight, I know we have a few callers. I appreciate you guys hanging out so long on the line. Uh, we'll get to you in a minute, Israel. And of course, we got the, the insider Brett Bradford up in just a minute but if you want to call in chime in about anything that we're talking about tonight maybe have some feedback on what we talked about with with you know chris masters give us a call that number is 646-668-2676 we'd love to hear from you um kind of going back into that again check it out on the on the twitter uh and instagram page it's kind of to wrap up SmackDown, Mike, um, kind of moving away from that. I mean, the rest of the night, 
you know, not the most exciting. Uh, you know, there Natalia defeated Becky Lynch. Like, I mean, there were some other fights happening, but you know, there wasn't much happening. But still, way a better showing by by SmackDown than way more than Raw this week. Raw was really losing something. Yeah, the the, the ratings. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough for for SmackDown to beat Raw on any given week. It, it, I mean, I know it happened one one or two times in the past year or so. But uh, they are putting on a better programming. But I, I, I feel terrible for those United Kingdom fans because usually they get a pretty hot show um, whenever WWE is over there. And they, and they dropped the ball uh, this year. It's kind of like they got a uh, maybe 75% of, of, two, or of one show and then uh, 10% of another show uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, entertainment value, so it, it's it's very unfortunate. Um, the the rest of SmackDown was okay, uh, not a lot worth talking about. You had a Fandango Tyler Breeze skit, and uh, you know the their their match against the Ascension, eh, whatever. Uh, the only kind of dud was Eric Rowan Luke Gallows match. Uh, you've seen it a couple times, and it's it's you know they're two big guys. It's not a good, not a good style clash between the two. Um, so yeah, other than that, not, uh, pretty pretty average. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way, Mike. Um, yeah, again, way better Tuesday night than Monday night. Um, it's again some really hot matches. Really looking forward to that potential match between Cena and Mahal. Really excited for that. Um, uh, let's kind of jump into some of the other the other um, events this week. I mean, 205 Live, a couple of hot matches there in, in NXT. Before we get to NXT, let's talk about a little bit about 205 Live, uh, Mike. Um, the, Brian, the Brian Kendrick, uh, not a good showing this night. Uh, he, you know, the, uh, he is my favorite uh, star on that show. He, he is so entertaining. Uh, and he's been kind of the uh, the only like bright light of the of the cruiserweight division or 205 Live uh, up until uh, Neville showed up. He he's you know he's he's a veteran. He he's been with WWE since 2002. He left for a couple of years in the middle there, but uh, he 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 knows how to go out there and perform. He's been trained by Shawn Michaels, one of only uh, him and Daniel Bryan are the only ones that are actually have been trained by Shawn Michaels, which is pretty incredible uh but anyways uh you know brian kendrick is 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 an elite level star who's pretty much on the program to elevate the other talent uh or to help them out so uh akira tozawa they're the the wwe brass is really excited for tozawa but they're kind of dumbing him down or watering him down a little bit his move set is incredible uh, you can go back and look at the stuff in Japan or even go back to the Cruiserweight uh, Classic Tournament from last year on WWE Network. And, uh, and look at him now. He, he's kind of a character of that, which is unfortunate because he's super talented in the ring. But uh, this program is going to continue. And, and it's, it's good for, for Tozawa to get the experience with a seasoned vet. So uh, they were in the main event. Tozawa defeats Kendrick. Uh, but Kendrick wasn't having it. He 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 attacked Tozawa after the match and uh, took him out. So this feud will continue again. Yeah, I mean that's 
that's the route it seems like it's taken. Um, and Tozawa, a lot of good things in his future, I'm feeling. Um, so excited for him. A big, big win for him. Not much else happened in that, Mike. Um, I just want to talk a little about a couple of things that happened in NXT this week. Um, strong showing um, by Hideo Itami getting the big win against Roderick Strong to really to, to become the number one contender for, uh, you know, Bobby Roode's NXT championship. Um, so a big win for him on really a night that there wasn't much, much happening. Yeah. Uh, this was a huge win for Hideo. He's uh, this is probably his best match on NXT since his debut, which was, you know, light years ago, or you want to go back two, three years. Uh, he, he's had some difficulties with injuries and, uh, you know, they, he was kind of the big Japanese star when this whole thing started. And then uh, he got hurt. Nakamura comes in and, and you, you, it's very difficult to outshine Nakamura. Uh, so he kind of got the back seat during that time, got hurt again. Uh, so finally he's back. He's scarred up from his uh, surgeries or various surgeries. And uh, they're they're kind of positioning him against Rude going forward, which is which is going to be an incredible match at Takeover on the twentieth. So he uh, defeats Roderick Strong, who in his own right ha- has had a great few weeks. Uh, WWE did a, a big documentary on him, which they kind of split up on uh, NXT the past couple of weeks. And if you if if you get a chance to go out and check the Roderick Strong documentary, it's very moving stuff, very emotional. Uh, he had a very difficult upbringing, and it really makes you, after seeing it, cheer for this guy. He's he's a you know a very sympathetic character. Um, so no one quite knew who they were uh, going to go with after this uh, to, to to face Bobby Roode at Takeover, but uh, Hideo gets the win, and uh, we're going to get a. At Tommy versus Rude at NXT Takeover Chicago in uh, two weeks. Yeah, should be a great match. Really excited for him. Um, you know, something else I noticed that you know TJ Perkins has been dominating the screen lately, and, and I mean, thank God this last week. You know, instead of these thirty-minute matches with Perkins, um, I, and I know you're way more upset about this than me, Mike, but. Um, excited, a couple minutes showing here, you know, 205 Live, you know, a minute or so earlier in the week. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. Just, I don't get what they see in this kid. TJ Perkins, uh, to quote Kevin, uh, Kevin Nash is a vanilla midget and I am tired. I am tired of this guy. I, 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 I cringe. I, I turn the TV off every time he shows up. I, I don't know what else I can do other than, I don't know, follow him and slash his tires so he can't make the show. Uh, this guy is on, on, on Raw minutes at a time, sometimes 10 minutes at a time. Uh, 205 Live, he, he's on for a couple minutes to half the show. I, I don't know what it is with this guy. I, I, I hate him, though. I, I, I'm sorry to say that. I don't usually use that kind of termage. But uh, I mean, the, I, the, hate, I hate him. I hate yeah. him. Yeah, as, as the passion's real, Mike, so let it flow. Um, and I don't feel you're alone. I feel like a lot of people think this. And I'll just say that power, I mean, the power of the podcast, Mike, um, 
you making these comments, him going from you know, the last few weeks, at least 30 minutes of, of FaceTime on the TV to what, just a few um, this past week. So really a testament to the power of the podcast. I mean, it's the same thing with, with the Papa Roach song. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, Mike, a few weeks ago, we don't we promoted play, this don't song. play, don't play that fucking song. Mike, it's a good song. All right, we'll, 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 we'll let it awesome. sit. Don't, don't. Mike, we'll let it sit. Great song. I mean, we helped them break the billboard. You know, I, I think it hit the top 30. So a real testament to the power of the podcast. In the meantime, again, appreciate I got a bunch of people on hold, Mike, and I, I want to start getting these people on the line. And if let's you're at home, it, let's yeah, let's do it. If you're at home just dying to get on and talk, you know, you talk about WWE, about the, you know, the Chris Masters interview a little bit earlier. We'd love to have you on. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to bring our, we're going to bring Israel on, calling in from Tennessee. But if you want to call in, that number is 646. 646- Six six eight two six seven six. Um, excited to have Israel um, calling in all the way from Tennessee. Israel, you are in the ring with Mike and Austin. Hey, what's going on, Mike and Austin? What's up, man? Hey, hey. here, man. Up, man? How you guys doing? Good. How Good. about you, Good. man? Uh, man, I'm great, man. What a what an what an awesome interview, uh, Chris Masters gave me, man. It was I was. It's really it's really really awesome just to be able to hear the perspective of just being there, you know, and I felt like he did a really good job of describing, you know, everything. I mean, from the ups to the really low, to the, the really bad downs, you know? So, I mean, I appreciate him, you know, coming on and sharing all that with us, man, because that's, that's like irreplaceable knowledge. But I know that you guys were talking, you know, um, I, I think you, you did a pretty good job, you know, pretty much summing up what happened this week. I, I do want to, you know, you know, kind of spark your brains a little bit, you know, uh, since we didn't have that high, high drama this week i do want to remind you of a time that that rings out to me um in the in the late 90s um one of the best raws i feel um uh, with the vacant intercontinental championship uh, when they did it tournament style and uh then you you know you have mark henry mankind x-pac you know, uh, Vince McMahon gets his car filled up with cement. You have, a, you know, a, a ti- uh, not a title match, but a, a match Stone Cold and The Rock teaming up against Kane and Undertaker. You know, I really miss those high drama. You know, those those were where you were literally afraid. You were afraid to miss uh, a Monday night, you know, and I'm I'm excited for WWE to hit that, that point again. What do you guys think? So, so I'm sorry, what, what was the question, Israel? I'm trying to say, um, you, do you think that we'll ever see that moment again, like that ty- that type of drama on a Monday night? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, no, no, sorry, before I answer that question, I, Israel, I got a question for you, and 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 you know, don't don't take it offensively or anything, but uh, are, are are you a brother? Uh, I, I I I consider myself uh, a melanated man. Yes. All right, I, I just need to know because you you call in every every week, so I'm just trying to familiarize uh, myself with the with the callers of the show. So uh, yes, yeah, no, I, I I think you know wrestling goes in waves. Um, you know, you you'll go back. Everyone kind of goes back to the Attitude Era with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker, Mick Foley, Mankind. Uh, you know. Uh, shoot forward a couple of years. Uh, my personal favorite, 2006. You had a, an amazing year of uh, Degeneration X, Edge. Uh, just a great, great year. Uh, 2011 with CM Punk. So there's always those moments. 
or, or, or that little time frame where, where the product is very hot. Um, so, you know, you're not seeing it right now whatsoever. It's, it's, a, it's a very weak show right now. But, you know, when the build for SummerSlam comes around or next year when WrestleMania build comes around, you, you might see some of these little moments. Um, I, I remember the Intercontinental Championship uh, tournament that you're referring to and all the characters during that decade. So it was, it was a great time for wrestling. But uh, it, it comes in waves. Um, you can probably see it to my, you know, my, maybe every three or four years you, you'll get those moments. Oh, all right, that's that's what, that's about the answer I was looking for. And to answer your question descriptively, I you know I I am um, a brother, but I'm your brother too. You know I'm all about the peace. I'm all about the love, and uh, I feel like you know I, I'm Israel. I'm everyone's brother, man. So, all right, man. Thanks for thanks for letting me in, man. It's it's always it's always a joy coming on. All right, you guys, you guys take it easy. All right, we love yeah. you. Man. Yeah, yeah. Great having him call in. Um, I mean, some solid points there, Mike. I, I don't know if you want to take another caller. I think maybe we have on one time. Yeah, yeah, we got one on. more time. Yes. And then we'll bring on uh, Brett, the insider, Bradford, uh, coming out of strong today. He's got some hot takes. Um, so excited to have him on. Uh, in the meantime, l- let's bring in Scott um, from Mobile, Alabama. Scott, you are in the ring with Mike and Austin. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? There we go. Oh, we're on pretty good. Scott, how y'all doing over there? Hey, man. Show sounds great on my end. Um, I've been listening to you guys for a little bit now, but uh, what I want to say is I have two questions, actually. One moment that my brother Israel was just talking about, um, maybe a moment. Do you guys think or would you like to see a Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon? Anytime soon? No, no. We, we, we got that 16 years ago back at the King of the Ring in 2001. Uh, Shane, he can't throw a punch. Angle, you know, we, have, we haven't seen in a couple of years in the WWE or even Impact. Uh, everything's kind of been independent. Uh, I think, I, I I think when you bring... That, I just missed that ankle lock, man. That, that no, it's, lock. it's a good move. But I think when you bring Angle back, you want to do it in a big way. Uh, either against Lesnar, Cena, mm, or uh, yeah. one of the one of the big names. That that would be a moment right there. Um, hey, my second question is: it's been chapping at me for a, for a little bit now, but um, NWO Wolfpack or the Black and White? Oh, Wolf, Wolfpack for sure. You had the Master P song oh, to play those guys man. out. Yeah, there you go. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have Savage, Luger, Conan, Nash, oh. and then you have Sting eventually. Uh, the, the NWO, black and white, who'd they have? They had Steiner, Bagwell, Horace Hogan, uh, Hulk. Yeah, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. No, 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 no. no. Scott, Scott Hall is part of the, the black and the white. We're talking 98. You, if you're going to ask me about the uh, black and the white versus the uh, wolf pack, you need to know your stuff, man. Because if you, if you don't know who's in which faction in 1998, you can't accurately describe it because Nash is not part of uh, black and white so or Hollywood if you know your stuff. So 
uh, yeah, definitely for, for, for me, I don't know. I, I, I got to go Wolfpack. What, what about you, Austin? No, I, I'm with you 100%. I, yeah, I don't know how you could go against Wolfpack. Um, appreciate you. Scott calling in. Uh, he actually he, he had to run. He I, I don't know if you offended him with that. But, I mean, a hot take with that, Mike. But, yeah, I mean, you had to set him straight. Um, kind of his knowledge and mixing up some of the players there. Um, but appreciate you, Scott. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, you know, loyal listener, we really appreciate it. Anybody else want to chime in tonight? The number is 646-668-2676. Uh, at this time, I think we've all been waiting for this all night. Um, we're going to toss it in a minute to, to our insider, uh, Brett Bradford. Your number one source for the best behind-the-scenes information in professional wrestling. This is Rumors and Backstage News with the insider, Brett Bradford. Brett, what's happening tonight? So excited to have you on. Uh, you know, another episode in the ring with Mike and Austin. Uh, that's where you are. You're in the ring with Mike and Austin. Brett, how you been? Uh, I've been all right, guys. Uh, how you guys doing? I think oh, we're good. good, Mike. You good? I'm okay. You know, I'm. I, 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 I've just been watching a lot of classic Scott Steiner clips to try and just calm down a little bit. But uh, another another rough week for me, guys. Uh, you know, I was listening earlier. I just got to say, guys, great interview with uh, with Christopher Adonis. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if our uh, listeners know this or not, but uh, this here uh, insider, Brett Bradford, uh, you know, he's actually had a substance abuse problem of himself. And uh, <laughs> I just got to say, I was heavily triggered this past week. Uh, I sat down Monday night. Uh, you know, I, I really I really was trying to watch Raw. I really was. You know, you know. I think I finally figured out why they call it raw. Do, do you guys have any idea? No, I, Mike. You anything? Oh, uh, no. What? What is it, Brett? Give us the inside take. Well, if, if you actually try and sit down and watch the entire show, your ass is going to be raw by the end, and then by Tuesday night, you're giving yourself a smackdown for wasting all that time. But, uh, you know, I got to be honest, guys, uh, shortly after, uh, well, to be honest, I didn't even, I didn't even watch all of Raw. Um, I, I kind of turned it off uh, right after that lame half showdown between Samoa Joe and Rollins. I mean, Rollins, I don't know if you guys are familiar, he looked like Jive Turkey Ron from Mad TV. I mean, uh, what was that? I mean, <laughs> I don't get, I don't, I don't get the reference whatsoever, Brad. What, what, what was that one more time? If you guys go to go to YouTube, type in Mad TV Jive Turkey, you'll see what I'm talking about. That's that's pretty much sums up what Rollins looked like trying to uh make it look like he was real angry at Smojo, but uh you, you know, they're going to have to do a little bit better than that on Monday night, guys, but uh uh going back uh shortly after after that, I, I, I stepped outside. I, I, I told myself I was only going to have one drink, and uh, uh, long story short, I ended up uh, spending the rest of the week in jail. Um, I mean, damn, you, you, you think you've been dating a girl for a couple months. The least she could do is spring you a couple thousand dollars for bail. But, uh, well, but uh, Brett, I'm sorry, yeah. Brett, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, what, 
you got arrested? Well, what happened there? Well, I, I wish there was more details to the story, guys. It's pretty fuzzy. Uh, uh, I'd just like to say that uh, pretty pretty much a lot of the stereotypes that you hear about jail, I'm just going to say that they're true. Uh, going to the bathroom, it's, it's not a comfortable comfortable scenario. Um, but it, it, I'd just like to say if any of our listeners would like to kind of get a little bit more information about what I'm talking about, just go ahead and check out uh, – uh, lock up or gangland. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out uh, just to get a little bit more insight or reference into uh, kind of what I went through. But uh, uh, yeah, just going to kind of have to cut it short, guys. Uh, just kind of winding down, uh, getting back to it this week. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch Raw again. Ever again. Uh, well, I mean, at this point, uh, I'm uh, I'm signed up for drug counseling again. Uh, I've got a probation hearing twice, twice. Uh, well, I've got to go twice a week now. So, adding a lot of a lot of uh, heat to my schedule here. I don't know. It's it's been a rough week, man. I I don't know. It's it's. it's... All right. Well, did you do you have did you even watch wrestling this week, or were you too tied up with all these? This nonsense. Like, uh, do you have anything, or? Nope. That's uh, that's about it, guys. I, uh, bad week. Hey, uh, Brett. Regardless, um, we appreciate having you on. Regardless, I mean, your picks a few weeks ago with, with that SmackDown showcase, you being 100% right, redeems anything you can do. Hey, uh, best of luck. I don't know if we'll ever have you back on again, um, but best of luck. Um, if, you, if you want to call in, that's cool, but uh, best of luck, man. I uh, really appreciate you coming on in the ring with Mike and Austin. Uh, hey, Mike, that, that turned kind of heavy pretty quick. <laughs> I... Uh... I don't know where to go right now. I mean, that was that was intense. Brett, the past couple of weeks has been spot on, and then he he, he brings that and uh, oh wow, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, it, maybe too heavy. Um, Mike, before we close it out tonight, we, we had a few people uh, email in, hit us on the Twitter, so a few questions. Um, yeah, this is from Bruce uh, from Long Island. He had a few quite. He actually was posing this to you. Um, I mean, hottest diva during the '90s. Immediately, my mind went to. Uh, we got China. Uh, we got Stephanie McMahon, obviously. Um, Stacy Keebler, I think I'd put in there. Um, and then if I could, I'd put China twice. Uh, big, big fan. But I don't know who you thought maybe hottest diva during the '90s. Maybe during Trish? the 90s well yeah, yeah. No, no none of those girls were from the 90s uh, if you want to go to the 90s you have to talk uh sable which you mentioned and uh, uh sunny i don't know how you forget sunny and then uh maybe uh gosh missy hyatt um and geez maybe a uh laundra blaze I don't know. She was kind of. She kind of looked like a horse. But you, uh, there's uh, Bertha Faye or Bull Nakano. Yeah, I can name three. I mean, uh, Sunny was 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 very hot. She was my favorite. 
And then uh, they bring, they're bringing on uh, Sable, who's now Brock Lesnar's wife somehow. After yeah, all these kind years. of wild, a wild turn there. Um, yeah, yeah. No one expected that. But uh, for, for, for me, if you had to pick one from the 90s, it has to be Sunny. Very sexy woman. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe this is a, an appropriate time uh, to give a little plug to, to a featured guest. I've uh, been in contact. I don't know if you remember these. I mean, really, uh, it, really hot segments um, kind of a few years ago. Yerpel the Clown um, came in when, you know, Vince was in the hospital, had an appearance there with Mankind, uh, also in the ring with Rock. Um, but I'd, I'd maybe say, I mean, that's kind of a dark horse take, but I, I might throw her in there as well. So Yerpel the Clown, um, I, I, maybe that was a little more recent. We're talking 90s, maybe a little more recent, but excited to have her on in the future when she could spare five minutes or so. Um, Mike, we got a few other people on the line. If you, if you got some time, we could take another call. Yeah, no, bring them on. I'm good. All right, perfect. Hey, uh, we're calling Jared from Scottsville, Alabama. You are in the ring with Mike and Austin. What's up, Mike? What's on your mind tonight? Well, nothing. I was listening to the interview with with Chris. Solid, by the way. Really good stuff. And uh, you guys are talking a lot about substance abuse. And uh, I just had a question. I wanted your guys' opinion. so as far as steroids go, I know, you know, substances are, are bad and such, but from a viewer standpoint, would you argue that steroids add to like the, to the drama of, you know, raw SmackDown, just WWE. I mean, because from a viewer standpoint, guys that are all roided out, just bigger, badder, better. I mean, it helps business. What do you guys think? It's a, it's a touchy subject for sure. I mean, you go back uh, late eighties, early nineties, you're, you're going to want that superstar on the television. And I, I guarantee you 90% of them were, were doing that. Um, to the modern day, I don't know. Like, you can only see so much, uh, you know, Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, Daniel Bryan type of guys before you want to see a, a Braun Strowman or even a Chris Masters. So, I mean, baseball has the same issues. You know, do you want to watch standard baseball or do you want to watch some some home runs every time a batter comes up? Uh, that's kind of the the debate. I don't know. I I've been watching wrestling for you know close to thirty years now, and I've seen both styles. I've seen the independent, you know, smaller type versus the main event: Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Chris Masters. You know the, the 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 you know jacked up superstars. It 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 teeters back and forth. Obviously, you don't want these guys to die on you when they're 30 or 40, which was the issue a couple of years ago when when all these guys were going down, and it was terrible because because these are great great performers and they're going way 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 too young. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's a tough thing. You, you don't want someone to hurt themselves, but then again, you want to be entertained while you watch this. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a fine line they walk there, Mike. And appreciate Jared calling in from Scottsville, Alabama. Appreciate you and all our callers tonight. Got a little bit over today, um, but you're coming a little bit on this, you know, you know, steroids and you know, performance enhancers and. 
you know, not just physically, Mike, but a lot of psychological problems as well. I mean, a lot of people, I, you know, tied a lot with uh, with the NFL, but I mean, you could tie this into to maybe the whole Benoit incident that we're talking about a little bit earlier with with um, with Chris Masters. So you never know, and, and maybe that's that's the where we draw the line is, you know, our health and and everything's you know mental or physical, be it um, is way is way bigger than this. So. Um, just, just kind of my take and opinion on that. Uh, appreciate everybody calling a, a big, a big shout out from in the ring to, to our guest, um, Chris Masters going by Christopher Adonis right now, Impact Wrestling, follow him on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, we'll, we'll put up a post, make it easy for you to follow. Be sure to follow us. Um, tell your friends about us. We're available on iTunes, everywhere you might listen to. Um, a podcast but subscribe and listen Um, we do this every thursday night at eight o'clock pacific time Um, this has been in the ring with mike and austin mike before we go i mean maybe hit me with something you're excited about this upcoming week and let's wrap this up yeah uh you know just kind of go off uh off track here i'm excited for the uh ring of honor new japan show tomorrow night in new york at the hammerstein ballroom which was the original home of Monday Night Raw, for those who know that, uh, which eventually, you know, kind of transitioned over to ECW. Anyways, you, you're going to have uh, Adam Cole versus uh, Tanahashi uh, tomorrow night, and then you have uh, the Young Bucks versus Naito and Bushi. Uh, as, as a wrestling fan, this is what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Um, the, the past, uh, I don't know, Three, four years of New Japan have been phenomenal, and I'm very excited for that to continue. Yeah, me too. It really seems like it's catching some momentum here in the states, and uh, frankly, I don't think I don't think you can see better wrestling anywhere else in the world. You uh, can't. It seems you like can't. It's, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. There's no better wrestling right now than New Japan. Hey, Mike, um, appreciate you doing the show with me. It's been great. Um, thanks again to everybody who's chimed in. Um, like us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on, um, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us some reviews. It'd be big. We'd really appreciate that. Um, thanks so much. This is In the Ring with Mike and Austin. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night, guys.